Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Hey, you've tuned into I Work For Him, the mouthpiece for the faith and work movement. We're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Thank you so much for joining us today. And before we get into the show, I just want to remind you that you may hear something today that you want to go back and repeat and share with a friend. Make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter. You can go to iworkforhim.com. Make sure you stay connected with us because we would love to resource with you with more than just the audio, all that goes with it. And so go to iworkforhim.com. Not only the audio, but the video and a chance to win a copy of Jordan's latest book, Redeeming Your Time. All right, listen, for the last year, I've had more than a dozen people tell me personally, I needed to slow down. I needed to find peace and I needed to do less. In fact, one of our mentors told us, slow down, you'll get there faster. How can you get more done if you do less and spend more time being at peace and in quiet? It's an oxymoron. Yet that is exactly what our Heavenly Father is so good at and our Savior was so good at demonstrating. He is good at making the wisdom of man seem like an idiotic mess. His desire for us is to be with Him and to do it more often, not less often. And the stuff we accomplish here on earth is temporary and we will have some things we won't get done, as Jordan talks about so often in his book. But the time we spend with our Heavenly Father is eternal. Jordan Rayner, he gets this. He gets it so much that over the past five and a half, five plus years, our Heavenly Father has been pounding Jordan with the theme of redeeming his time. Now Jordan has released his latest book for all of us based on his experience, and it is called Redeeming Your Time. And I'll say this one more time. Seven biblical principles for being purposeful, present, and wildly productive Jordan Rayner, welcome back to I Work For Him. It's a joy to be back with you, Jim and Martha. Thanks for having me. You know, it, uh, what I like about shows like this is I get to read your books. So I get to be in your head for hours and hours and hours before we got here. <laughs> is that scary? I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah. You know, uh, here's, here's the deal. We're just coming off Christmas. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Peace has to come. F- How come peace has to come first? How come peace has to come first, Jordan? I, I just don't get it. Yeah, so uh, listen, the, it, it, there's 60,000 time management books on Amazon today. <laughs> if I was going to add something come on, to this really? category, really? I, I swear, I swear, go look it up. If I was going to add something to this category, I wanted it to be unique. And I think there, there was a need for something unique because I've read all of the perennial bestsellers in this category. And nearly every time management expert says that the path to peace in your life, if you're feeling overwhelmed by your busy schedule or your to-do list, is found in implementing their system. This is workspace productivity. The message is follow my system, do exercises X, Y, and Z, and then you will find peace. As Christians, I already have peace with God. Paul tells me in Romans 5.1, I have ultimate peace that is secure regardless of how productive or unproductive I am in this life. God loves me regardless of how much I get done on my to-do list today. That brings me a deep, different soul level level of peace that enables me, compels me to want to be productive, not because I have to, but because I want to be in responsive worship to the one who has given me that peace. 
And it's important in order for us to do the good works that God has set aside for us ahead of time yeah. that we're at peace first. That's and, exactly that's, right. and that's what I love. You bring that up multiple times in the book. What's funny is I'm, I'm reading your book. I just finished reading your book. At the same time, I'm reading uh, another book by a, a, a famous guy like you, Mark Driscoll, who wrote on Spirit-Led Jesus. A lot of similarities between your books. Very similar. Just because we're learning the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to follow Jesus. So you were talking about how many books we are in this category of Crazy. time management. First of all, is that the category your book is in? Yeah, it's, it's in Christian professional growth, yeah. but it's also in the broader time management category. Right. Yeah, so, we're, we're, we're thrilled. We're doing, I mean, we're right there on the bestseller list with all the best uh, titles outside of the Christian space. That's so very awesome. So why... Why were you compelled to do a time management book when there are so many out there? Great question. So number one, we already touched on, right? Mm -hmm. I wanted a book that made peace the source of what we do in time management rather than the result of what we do, right? That's radically different. And number two, out of those 50 time management books I've read throughout my career, I've never read one of them that studied how the author of time managed the same 24 hour day that you and I have to manage when he came to earth in the person of Jesus Christ. This is crazy. Christian or not, I I would challenge anyone to argue with the fact that Jesus was the most productive person who ever walked the earth. And yet no book has really mined the depths of the gospels for what they are, not just a source of theology and ethics, but biographies of the life of Christ to see how he did it, right? And of course, Jesus didn't walk around with a smartphone, right? Or a to-do list, but he did fight distractions at work. We see that really clearly in the gospel. He fought for silence and solitude. He tried to be busy without being hurried. Mm -hmm. In other words, he faced the exact same challenges that we face today. Now, how he responded to those are different from us. So what I've done is I said, okay, what what are the timeless principles from the life of Christ that were as relevant in the first century as they are in the 21st. And that's what these seven principles are in this book. And then I've mapped those seven principles to 32 wicked practical practices to help us live out those principles in the 21st century. Yeah. And I got a bone to pick with you a little bit right now. Yeah, okay, let's so, do it. so here's, here's the deal. Cause you know, I'm, I'm jumping, I'm jumping way ahead in the page 174 where you actually yeah. map out what your day at work looks like. Yeah. And, and you say, listen, your most productive hours are right away in the morning. You get yeah. up, you do your devotion, do your prayer time. You, you, you see your kids. Then you get into your, your deep, deep thinking time. Then you go for a run, take a shower, and then you do your thing. And in the afternoon you call it, let's see, shallows and serendipity. Yes. And that's where we're at today. We're in your shallows and serendipity <laughs> time. So we're like, so here's a wonderful time with Jordan Rayner in his shallow and serendipity time. At his absolute time. worst. Yeah. At his absolute worst. I'm pretty okay. sure you might have picked the time. I, no, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure his assistant and Jordan picked us like, okay, here's where, where I can't be productive to do anything else. So I'll just do a radio interview. There you go. Okay. All right. Listen. Hey, you, you know what? This is where all the radio interviews go. So there you go. This is uh, true. Sure, that's what all the guys say. Okay, all right. You <laughs> say, and this is how I finish up this segment of the show. You say your book is gospel-centric, not just mm. biblically-based, which is so important to us because we talk about the power of the gospel to transform everything in our lives. 
And that gospel is the ultimate source of our ambition and rest. Explain that one for us, please. I'll try to explain with a story. Uh, Every single night when I put my three young girls to bed, they're seven, five, and two, two and a half. I say, hey, last thing I tell them, hey, girls, you know, daddy loves you no matter how many bad things you do. They say, yeah. I was like, you know, I also love you no matter how many good things you do. And they say, yes. I say, who else loves you like that? And they say, Jesus. Or Kate, my theological stick course says, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. And I think we've got to hear those same words spoken over our attempts to be productive. The God, if you can believe that the God of the universe died for you, loved you when you were his enemy, surely you could believe that he loves you regardless of how productive or unproductive you are. And ironically, it's that belief and an understanding of that grace in the gospel that leads us to want to be wildly productive, not because God needs us to be, but because we have been saved for good works, Ephesians 2.10. We love to quote Ephesians 2.8.9 that we're saved not by works, but by faith alone. But we forget that while we're not saved by our works, we have been saved for good works which the Father has prepared in advance for us to do. So the gospel should lead us first to rest and then wild ambition to do good works for the glory of God and the good of others. I love that summary. It's a great summary. We're talking today with Jordan Rayner. He has got a brand new book, Redeeming Your Time. If you're looking at us on on YouTube, you could see this. You're looking at us on Facebook, you can see it, Redeeming Your Time. We're going to give away a copy of this book today. Jordan doesn't know this yet, but now he does. You can call our listener line, 866 713-9675-866-713-9675. Call and request a copy of Jordan's book, and one of you will get a copy of that. You know the kind of person that always tells you about the latest trends or the special deals around town? Well, lean in, because here's a message from that kind of person. The Awaken Podcast Network is the place to be. Go to awakenpodcastnetwork.com and unlock God's purpose for your work with help from some friends. You will find a gathering place of podcasts that provide simple tools, faith stories, and conversations that will inspire and equip you to vibrantly live out your faith in your work today. Go ahead, check out awakenpodcastnetwork.com and then be that kind of person and tell a friend. We're talking to Jordan Rayner today about his book, Redeeming Your Time. Jordan, one of the things, just to recap what you just said, this is the way we put it here and I work for him. As a Jesus follower... Everything about you should be changing. And everyone around you should be yeah. benefiting from your faith in Jesus, yes. whether they believe in Jesus yes. or not. Yes. Because and, we are the priests, right? We are the royal priesthood now, First Peter 2.9. People used to come into the temple to receive the blessing. We're the priests going out in the world and dispersing the blessings of God to the world believer and non-believer alike. You know, there. I I know that people are hearing you and getting excited because how can you not when you hear somebody say that we can be wildly productive by having peace first by following Jesus's example? Um, I know one of the things that I wanted to you know just kind of intersperse there is the fact that in you talk about the fact that so many other books, it's like you need to do this program in order yeah, to be successful. Perfectly. You know, and as as opposed to, let's see what Jesus did 
and and taking that approach in things. So I love that. And I know we're not going to be able to delve into every topic of the book. And I hope that people are intrigued to get it for themselves because what a perfect time of year to start with some new energy and do it God's way instead of man's way. So um, that I just wanted to interject that. So talk about the state of your family before you went through this exercise of learning about redeeming your own time. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really been a, a decade-ish long learning process. You know, early in my career, I had no concept of the principles in this book. So I was working like crazy, 80, 90-hour weeks. My wife is doing the same. Not surprisingly, that wasn't very healthy, uh, quickly burnt out. Um, and then over time, by the grace of God alone, I just had mentors and books brought into my life that just changed my perspective on this, helped me realize that rest is counterintuitively one of the most productive things we can do. And I would say this, in, my, in the life of my family, since we started having kids, the biggest game changer has been Sabbath, right? We started seriously practicing Sabbath about six, <laughs> excuse me, six years ago. And uh, I've taken way less time off mm-hmm. in terms of vacation time in the last six years than I did the six years prior to that. And I've been exponentially more restful. Because I get 52 of the best vacation days a year, right? Like one day of Sabbath, true life-giving Sabbath, uh, is way more restful than a week at Disney World, right? And so it's just radically transformed our lives. So Disney talk, World is so, not a restful It's place. not restful That's at a all. terrifying so, place. So talk about what that looks like. Because for a lot of people, when they think of the Sabbath, they think of, you know, all the rules, of all the things yes. you couldn't do. What does Sabbath look like for you? Yeah. Talk about oh, how is, you prepare Saturday night for Sabbath, because I loved that. So this is why I didn't Sabbath forever. I grew up in in the church. Uh, I knew of the Sabbath, but I I think I just assumed that this is a rule we all agreed that we weren't going to follow anymore, kind of like the speed limit, right? And when I did hear about Sabbath, it did feel like this life-sucking day filled with things I couldn't do, rather than what Jesus said it was for us, for man, a day of life-giving things we get to do. So what does that look like practically with me, three kids under seven? Uh, so it starts with work, ironically, right? So on Saturday, uh, usually around lunchtime, we're getting ready for Sabbath. We are texting anybody that we want to have dinner with on Sunday so we don't have to be making plans on Sabbath. We're cleaning up the house, doing all of our laundry for the week, cleaning up the dishes, the kids cleaning up their rooms so that we can just focus on rest on each other, and on God's word, worship, right? Uh, Then we order takeout from one of our favorite places in town and we feast physically uh, for 24 hours. We order some epic dessert. We light a great candle. So as my kids say, it smells like Sabbath. Go to bed. My wife feasts on sleep. I get up, spend more time in the word than I typically do because I got the time for it. So one day a week, my kids get to watch a full length movie and drink a hot cup of coffee. Please don't judge me. Uh, my seven-year-old and five-year-old have a latte every Sunday morning. And then we feast with our church family, right? Spend a lot of time with our church family. And the afternoons are usually pretty low-key. Maybe Kara and I will go on a date. But usually we're just hanging around the house, doing puzzles, playing games, no phones, just enjoying each other's company and the good things God has given us, trying not to strive for more uh, for, for the upcoming week. All right. So if we were to pull... 
Mrs. Jordan Rayner into the, <laughs> the podcast, which we I, I was going to ask you to bring her in, but I figure I'm going to trust you this time, but I may verify with her on her Facebook page. Um, if we were to pull your wife into the conversation today, how would she say things are different since you went through this five-plus-year exercise of yeah. learning how to redeem your time? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. I've done 100 of these interviews on this book. Nobody's asking that. Great that's question. because I actually read the uh, book. That's right. Yeah, exactly. I think she would say, I am way more present than I ever have been before. I'll tell you this. For a long time, I was obsessed with the idea of deep work when I was at the office. No notifications on my phone, my laptop, so I could focus on the work. And then I would come home and turn my notifications on and be okay with being distracted while I was with my kids. And I realized the gross hypocrisy uh, in this. And since making that shift, very subtle changes, for example, when I go downstairs at 5 o'clock p.m. today, I put my phone in our master bathroom, and I don't touch it until my kids go to bed at 7.30 p.m. That's been a game changer. I'm just fully focused. I got no other choice to be fully focused on the kids and on my wife. I think the other thing she would say is, while these 32 practices are Jordan at his best, uh, Jordan still fails at these practices, right? Like <laughs> This is hard. And I think this is part of our problem with time management books. We expect them to solve our problems once and for all. It's so naive. We work in a fallen world. This is always going to be hard until we work on a redeemed earth forever, see Isaiah 65, but we can get better. And I believe that Jesus's model in the gospel biographies is the blueprint for how we do it. Mm. You know, and it's such a good point because you are human. We're all human. Jesus got to be that perfect example for us, but we have to reset daily, sometimes yes. hourly, in order to make yes. sure that we get back on track. Minute so, by minute yes. for some mm-hmm. of us. So Jim kind of teased up at the beginning about Wil- yeah. Wil- Wilbur, William, William Wilberforce. Wilberforce. I don't know why I started It's a mouthful. That. It is a mouthful. What is it that you can tell us about his life after he became a believer yeah. that, that was so powerful? Yeah, so if you don't know the story of William Wilberforce, uh, at a young age, he was already wildly successful. Age of 21, he was elected to the British Parliament. This is in the the mid-1700s. He comes to faith in Christ at the age of 26 and realizes that, as you said, Jim, the gospel should change everything. And he realized, basically, there were two massive changes in his life. He didn't abandon his position in Parliament, uh, even though he thought about becoming a quote-unquote full-time missionary. We thought about doing that horrible thing. Yeah, I'm going to quit my job and go on a full-time ministry. But he realized, hey, I'm called to do this. And you know who it was? It was was his friend John Newton, a pastor who wrote Amazing Grace, that convinced him to stay in parliament. But here's what he did change. He radically changed the object of his work, i.e. he dedicated his life not to accumulating power for himself, but abolishing the slave trade, Mm -hmm. no big deal, which he eventually did. And then number two, he got wicked intentional about how he managed his time. Wilberforce understood that the God, one of the most practical things we can do in response to the gospel is what Paul calls us to do in Ephesians 5. After preaching the gospel through Ephesians, Paul says, see then that you walk carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We think of time management as this secular idea. It's one of the most biblical things we could do. It's our proper response to the gospel. 
to roll up our sleeves and do kingdom building work because the kingdom's not here in full yet, right? Mm. The last few years have made that clear. We still got work to do partnering with King Jesus. I just want, I'm going to just add to what you said because what you wrote in your book about William Wilberforce was that he ruthlessly sought out solitude. Yes. To pray, to yes. make space to pray and to think. Yes. And I love that because that is going to be my theme for 2022. I am going to ruthlessly seek solitude. Something not easy for this mouth or brain. Especially somebody who is a you know, quality time guy. Yeah. It's like, who's your quality time with? You know, yeah. and that's really a We're just going to sit and be quiet together. We'll be, t- yes. Yeah. He'll be like, come sit by me. That's right. And, and we'll be, you know, in the word. Hey, we're talking today with Jordan Rayner. Just released his book, Redeeming Your Time. Get a copy of this book. Call our listener line, 866-713-9675. 866-713-9675. Jordan Rayner and Redeeming Your Time. Want to build a profitable side hustle that impacts people with truth and healing in themselves and in their leadership? Then look at becoming a certified leadership coach with Giant. Giant has been in the leadership space for over 13 years and has over 500 coaches in over 127 countries. Their coaches are being hired by Fortune 500 companies and organizations like I Work For Him. Martha and I took the Giant Sherpa training under one of these great coaches to become leaders worth following. Giant gives you everything you need to start your own coaching business from scratch, like hands-on training from top-level coaches, access to an all-in-one online platform to run your entire coaching business, and you get to join a thriving community of coaches around the world. To get started, Giant is hosting a coaching business workshop to help you learn how to build a successful coaching business. This workshop is 100% free, and you can reserve your spot by going to giant.tv forward slash iWorkForHim. If you're ready to impact people and get paid to do it, go to giant.tv forward slash I work for him. That's giant.tv forward slash I work for him. You know, Jordan, you I want to just interject something else that I know about you that I want our listeners to know about. You did a, I believe it's a seven-part series podcast with Mark Batterson. Yeah. Um, Redeem the day, right? Is that what it is? Redeem the day. Redeem the day. So I've been listening to that and I love it. And I just want you to just give us a a little snippet of what that is, because I think that there's so much value in teeing up even the book with the podcast and back and forth. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Redeem the day, completely free podcast with me and my friend, Mark Batterson. Mark and I both published time management books within a year of each other. Mm-hmm. His was called Win the Day. Mine was called Redeeming Your Time. And we both looked at each other one day we're like, we should really do something together. And so it's seven very short episodes exploring some of the common themes between our two books, uh, a lot of which we've already talked out here. Mm-hmm. It's all available for free right now. Just search Redeem the Day in your favorite podcast app. Mm, fantastic. All right. So I just want to point out how... Oh. Well, collaboration is like a huge yeah. key for us. And I love well, value, how you've honey. done that with Mark. And I just want to, I want people to see that extra element because this is two authors. You yeah. both have your own platforms of things you're doing, yet coming together for the good of, of other believers to, to gain from your knowledge. So you can, and you most of the credit there goes to Mark, okay? Who, let's be honest, his platform so much larger than mine. It, just a great example of a leader who I love who is so generous yeah. with his platform and helping other people 
share the gospel and spread this message. But it's not necessarily going to take your call because it might not be his best good use of his there time. There you go. All right. Yes. You mentioned that in your book as well. But you're name dropping Mark Batterson. We just name drop Jordan Rayner. All right. So <laughs> you, say, you say for Christians, the key to being wildly productive is realizing that we don't need to be productive. You started t- explaining that at the beginning of the show today, but I think it's important. This is a concept we all need to understand because we all think we need to accomplish something. Well, I'll just let you take it from there. Well, listen, there's some of this that's real, right? If your boss has asked you to finish your to-do list, then you got to finish your to-do list in order to serve your boss well. But I think a lot of times this guilt is self-imposed. We feel like we have to do all of these things on our to-do list because God needs us and has called us to do this work. Yeah, I'm not buying it. If I die tomorrow and God wants the work that I'm doing to continue on, he can choose whoever the heck he wants to do it, right? He didn't need Moses specifically to lead his people into the promised land, so he chose Joshua. He didn't need David to build the temple, so he chose Solomon, and he doesn't need you. God's purposes will not be thwarted. See Job 42. His purposes will always prevail, see Proverbs, and thus... We can rest. We can say no more frequently, knowing that if the things on our to-do list are on God's to-do list, he's going to get them done with or without us. Mm. You know, when you just... Expl- I, I want to make sure you heard that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I heard it. So you want to see my little checklist from this morning? <laughs> All the things I crossed off. I had a really productive morning. So if, it does feel good, though. You know, God does wire us that way if you are, are that kind of a person. But I, I cannot idolize that list. And I will, I will try not to. But we are list completers. And so when I read that, I laughed. I'm like, yeah, that's a good way. Because we both, I mean, our goal is to just run into home base. I mean, we want to run as I wanted, you know, as it says, my body worn out with a piece of chocolate in one hand and I'm out and doing the other, going, woohoo, what a ride. That's the way I want to finish. But I understand that I may leave some incomplete things and that's okay. Yeah. Because I don't know the day I'm going to be done. That's exactly right. You know, Jordan, I want to point out another thing for the listeners. In the way you just answered that last question is exactly what I love about your book. You reference the scripture. Thank you for doing that. Because that is what we are to base our life on. And so often we either take it for granted or we don't really know if it's in scripture or was that just a good saying that grandma said, you know, no, you have solidified these principles with scripture. And so I just want to thank you for that because also giving that the reference, being able to go to it and, and study it and look for ourselves and go, oh, the script, oh, wow, God really did say that. Therefore, it's true. So thank, yes. you for, thank you for doing that. I really, really Absolutely. appreciate that. So when we talk about the seven biblical principles for being purposeful, present, and wildly productive, which one of those was the hardest for you to incorporate in your own life? Oh, and remember, we can, can call your wife. We can That's call right. your wife. Yeah. You can call my wife. Uh, I'm going to say the seventh one, which is eliminate all hurry. Obviously, a term borrowed from Dallas Willard and John Mark Comer in his terrific book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And here's why it's hard. And um, I, I, I think the nuance of this is, is lost in the title of John Mark's book. As Christians, 
we ought to celebrate and embrace busyness. Busyness is good. Hurry is bad. So what's the difference, right? John Orberg once said that busyness is an outward condition. It's a condition of the body. It's having a lot to do. Hurry is an inner condition of the soul. Let me try to make this a little bit more practical. Mm. If I, I'm busy when I got a lot of errands to run on a Saturday. I know I'm hurried if I get mad about choosing the quote unquote wrong line at the grocery mm-hmm. store because, because I couldn't afford the 30 seconds that I lost in making that quote unquote mistake. Sometimes it's two minutes. It's Florida. There you go. It's excruciating. <laughs> That's the difference between busyness and hurry. And when you look at the gospel biographies, Jesus was crazy busy. One time his family said, quote, he was out of his mind. They thought he was so busy. But he was never busy in a way that made him frantic or anxious or angry at the other people in his life. That's the difference between busy and hurry. And that's been the hardest for me. And what's helped, and I explained in the practices of that last chapter of the book, is just getting really good at counting the cost of my time. Right? All of my friends have a financial budget. Very few of my friends have a budget for where they spend their time. This is crazy to me. I legitimately don't understand it. All of us, by God's grace, can earn more money. None of us can earn more time. How much more intention should we be about deciding where our minutes are going to go before God gives us a fresh supply each morning? And that's kind of the conclusion of the book and helping readers build that time budget to help them be more purposeful, present, and wildly productive in an unhurried way. And also counting the cost of your yes. Yes. That, that, was, that is something that, uh, that is also going to be very impactful in, in I Work For Him's history going forward. Yeah. Jordan Rayner, your book, Redeeming Your Time, a fantastic read, easy to read, super duper valuable, every page. Get a copy of Redeeming Your Time at all the normal places, but you can get a copy by calling into iWorkRams listener line, 866-713-9675. Jordan Rayner, thank you for being on iWorkRams. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for living out your life on the pages of this book <laughs> and in front of so many all over Florida and around the world. Thank you, Jordan Rayner. A joy to do it. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. You've been listening to iWorkRams with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I, I work, work for, for him. him. Did you know that God has a calling on your life? It's true. He's called you to bring Jesus to the world. For some, that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field, but for most of us, it looks like a construction site, a cubicle, a hospital, or a classroom. Wherever it is that you work, live, volunteer, and invest, that is your mission field. To learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iWorkForHim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at iWorkForHim to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at iWorkForHim and online iWorkForHim.com. I work the number number four, him.com.